Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. We're part two of our series called Mary Stressmas because here's what I know about you. Uh, you experience stress in life. Can I get a what, what, and an amen, and a yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you experience stress in life. And for some reason, we take like little baby Jesus and what ought to be the most joyous occasion of the year, and we seem to take the normal stress of life and just kind of go, and we dial it up a little bit. And I think sometimes we, we like it. Yeah. So last week we said this. Last week we said that we all deal with stress. It's unavoidable, right? And this is where our stress primarily comes from. There is a list of things, and there's stuff, just so you know, this is not an exhaustive list. There's more stuff that you could add to this list. Trouble, how I many know, like, if you get into enough trouble, legal trouble, financial trouble, you know, what, you, you whatever, trouble creates stress. And so what you want to do is you want to avoid, like, undue stress, right? Like, there's no point in doing a bunch of crazy stuff, foolish stuff, maybe even illegal stuff that's going to create more stress into your life. And what we learned is this, is is not just following the laws of the land, but actually following the laws of God. That alone will reduce a lot of stress in your life. Just if you just trusted your Heavenly Father and decided just, I'm going to follow and walk in God's ways, that alone will reduce some stress. But responsibility, like, and that's unavoidable. Like, you got a J-O-B, you got kids or you got a mortgage or you got, you got things in life that are important and responsibility sometimes creates stress. Um, a lack of time, uncertainty about the future. People, man, people, people stress is the worst because it's as though you have something to focus the blame on when it's people. You got somebody to be mad at. You know, you're rarely mad at responsibility. It's just kind of a thing, but bless God when people. We talked about that last year, by the way. We did a series called Holiday Survival Guide and how to deal with difficult people during the holidays. Go get that series. That's We're dealing with you today. Sometimes there's people. There's Sometimes there's money stress. But today I want to hone in on one of these in particular because I was thinking about my life and I thought if my life is anything like your life, then I can help you deal with some of this stress. Everybody say time. When you have a lack of time, you have stress. Like, even like last night, like I'm out and about and I'm feeling stressed. Like we have to go shopping. And so last night was our best night to go shopping. And there's something about like traffic that does anybody, anybody get stressed out by traffic? I'm not a commuter. So I feel like I'm not prepared. I don't have stamina or something like that. So, so like we're in holiday traffic and then people in the parking lot. It's like living in a third world country. You know, it's like, there are no laws. There are no traffic laws in third world countries, nor are there traffic laws in the parking lot of a mall during Christmas time. And we saw people like yelling and cussing last night in the parking lot. Anyway, it was stressed. And then we go inside and then you got the stress to buy the perfect gift. And then I've been standing around for three hours and I didn't have an afternoon cup of coffee and I hadn't eaten in a while. And so <laughs> I might not have been the most jolly shopper last night. Sorry about that, sweetheart. But I, I, I endured though. But so the holiday season can stress you out, but I recognize something about my schedule that I just went through the schedule for December and I thought to myself, okay, well, there's like literally six different church services in the month of December. So, and then there's, so you got Christmas Eve candlelight service, but then everybody say next week. Next week, Christmas potluck for the church, and then there's that, there's the, you know, staff lunch, and then there's the worship team dinner, and then there's the, I have two daughters, and they're so beautiful and amazing, and God seemed to put their birthdays in the month of December, yeah, so I literally, and then there's, that doesn't include ugly Christmas sweater party, 
or Christmas Eve Eve party. And then this, and then it's like, you got so many things on your plate. And I'm like, where do I have time just to breathe? Where do I have time to soak in baby Jesus and the spirit of the holiday, the spirit of Christmas as it, as it ought to be. And what I learned about my schedule is, is that again, December just seems to kind of crank it up a little bit. And and so I'm going to give you today a life principle it's going to apply to Christmas, but it's, it's about life in general, because what I want you to do is let's just recognize some things about time, right? Number one is this. These are three facts about time. These are Trudy's facts of life. They're unavoidable. Number one, your time is limited. Can we all agree? You got 24 hours in a day, you got seven days in a week, 365 and one quarter days in a year. That lunar thing is weird. Anyway, the leap year, that's what it is. And so, so you all have a limited amount of time. But have you ever noticed that there are some people that seem to get the most out of their time? And I envy those people. How do they do it? And there's some people that don't just seem to get the most out of their time. They seem to get the right things in their time. But the reality is that we all have the same amount. So it's not like they got extra time, right? Here's Trudy's fact of life number two. All of your time is going to be spent. Right? Don't you wish there was rollover time? Like, hey, you know what? I got a couple hours. I don't think I have anything to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to save that time for later when I'm busy. You can't do that. Time doesn't work like that. You can't, there's no rollover minutes. So you can't just save them and push them off and whatever. You're every second of every minute that you have, it's, it's going to be spent. And this is the part that we dislike the most right here. It's this is that someone is eventually going to determine how we spend that time. Somebody is. Sometimes it's your boss. Sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes it's your parents, depending on how old you are. Sometimes it, it is the, the job and the responsibilities of life. But ultimately, your life will be happiest if you'll follow what I believe is an incredible biblical principle. And, and we're going to kind of unlock that today. Because what I want you to do is I want you to become one of those people that gets the most out of your time. And I want you to become one of those people that doesn't just get the most out of their time in terms of busyness but actually gets the right thing into their time, which makes you effective. And to do so, I have rocks. I have an illustration today, and it's if you've, ever, if you've never seen this illustration, it's pretty clever. Apparently, I just found this out, which is making me nervous, is I'm not the only pastor who's ever done this illustration, and apparently there's some, uh, some pastor fail videos where guys tried to do this and jacked it up, spilling stuff all over stage, so uh, pray for me today. No pressure, yeah. They just put that in my head right before I went on stage. Hey, pastor, you ever seen the fail videos where pastors screw this up? I didn't even know that was possible. Everybody say rocks. These rocks up here, now I got little rocks, and then I got, uh, I got big rocks, right? And so the little rocks represent the little things in life, right? And this... Well, this bucket up here represents your time, right? And so we all know that we have a certain amount of time, right? Like it's something that you can measure. We all have, again, 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, on and on and on. We have, and this this could be the measure of your day, the measure of your week, the measure of your year, the measure of your life. This is your capacity. And you got little rocks, right? So like, what's a little rock? Uh, anybody be on Facebook just because you're bored? And you're scrolling. You're just doing that right there? You just keep on scrolling. Every, some of y'all are uh, Pinterest junkies. Anybody want to own that? Pinterest? Yeah, yeah, I see some. Yeah, oh, so proud. Raise your hand if you're sure. Um, Instagram? Because Insta, Graham is like the new Facebook, right? It's better than Facebook. Is that what I understand? I don't do any of this. Twitter? Is Twitter still a thing? Is that still popular? 
not amongst you people. And so, um, or hey, how many of y'all play games just on your phone? You're bored, you play games? I have this game called 1010. Anybody ever play 1010? Oh, you play 1010? Awesome. I feel like such a nerd right now because I say anybody play 1010, I'm the only one. But, but you're cool, so now I'm cool and these people are lame. Ten, my high score is like 120,000. What do you, what do you got? What do you, now that, okay, get you it. All right, step up your game. Um, or don't, based on my illustration here in a second. And so anyway, you got like that extra round of golf. You got some doodle shopping. You just got some time wasters. You got things, they're, and they're not bad things. Like golf is fun. I enjoy golf. I really do. I'm a golfer. And so, but you just keep doing all these little things, right? And so what happens is, is that we fill up time. And here's, here's what I've learned is that most people, what they do is, is that they prioritize the urgent over the important. You ever do that? That's how most people do it. You prioritize the important or you prioritize good things over best things is is that fair to say and it's just because life has a pull like there's a gravitational pull towards oh i gotta get this done oh i gotta get this done oh i oh did or did you ever had this this is what happens in real life somebody invites you to something and then what you tell yourself is, it's like, oh man, yeah, let me see if I've got time. So then you look at your schedule and then you just find wherever there's a blank spot. And then you're like, hey, I can do it here. Whereas a really, really wise person would probably not ask the question, can I do that? They might ask the question, should I do that? Why? Because they've just learned. So you can fill your life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to fill our, we're going to fill our life with a bunch of little things and prioritize the urgent and the good and all that stuff and see what happens is, is we have, now here's the deal. Everybody say big rocks. There are big rocks in life. Now the big rocks, we would say represent the big things in life, like the important things in life, right? Like if I, if I sat down and asked you a question, Hey, like what's the most important thing in your life? A lot of people would say something like, Oh, well, you know, my family, you know, my family's important or, or maybe they would say my marriage, you know, you could define it that way. Um, you, if you got kids, your kids are important. So they take up a lot of time and then your job, how I many know you got to pay the bills, you got to pay rent, you got to pay the mortgage, the bills are important. So you got to, your job is important. It's good. God designed you for work. Work is good. And then what happens is, is that like, if you're a Christ follower and you have faith in God, then you realize that there's a God rock, right? Like God, as a matter of fact, that's what the psalmist said is the Lord is our rock in our salvation. So God, God is a rock, right? And so if you have a sense of faith in God and so you have, now you have this, right? So now hold on a second. I forgot something. This isn't a fail because I didn't drop anything. I just forgot the lid. Now, if you tried to fit all this stuff into your life, what happens is, is that it doesn't fit, right? Like there's not enough room for all this stuff to fit. There's no way. And now here's, now here's the misconception. There's a misconception that says, oh, well, Todd, you just have to delete some things from your life. And that's probably true. You probably should. As a matter of fact, here's something that you want to wrestle with. If I created a to-don't list of dumb, foolish things that don't belong, what would I put on my to-don't list? Like somebody needs to write that down and think about that. What would I put on my to-don't list? And then make a commitment to never do that stuff because it's just a complete waste of time. So there are some things that you need to delete from your schedule. But, everybody say but. Here's my guess. I think most of you are good people. Um, I don't think that you're, you're out there doing, I don't think you're out there like skinning cats and knocking over liquor stores and pushing over old ladies and just doing a bunch of bad stuff, right? That would be on the to-don't list. Never do those things. 
but I don't think you're going to delete that. You're talking about good things, yeah, like fun things. Like 1010 is, you know, that's what I do mindlessly just to chill out for a little bit. And so, so anyway, there, there is a level of some, some deletion that needs to take place, but that's not the ultimate answer because here's the deal. Listen carefully. If you only delete, you'll still get this wrong. I promise you, it doesn't work that way. So watch this. Here's what really happens. Let's take, let's take these rocks. This is how you do it. Everybody say these words. Everybody say priority determines capacity. I'll say it one more time. Everybody say priority determines capacity. The goal is not just to delete until you, you can make room. The goal is to prioritize because watch what happens. Let's, let's just say this for a second. Let's say this is the biggest rock and, and this is the God rock and we're going to put that in first, right? We're going to say that's important. So that's the God rock. And then this is, let's say this one's our marriage rock. It's a little flat right now. I don't know what that means. Um, you know, if you, if you sit next to your wife or your husband right now, be like, baby, you're my big rock. And so you can be all smoochy and love you about it. And so we're going to put our marriage rock in there. And then, you know, maybe there's a kid rock, kid rock. Um, and then there's a, a health, health might be a big issue. Like we need to take care because again, your life is your time and your time is your life. If you don't take care of your health, you, you might not have any time. So you probably need to take care of that. That's, you know, so again, you got these big rocks in your life and you would think, okay, I can actually get those rocks in there. And Todd, now I have no time for Facebook and no time for shopping and no time for fun and no time for golf and no time for 1010 to beat your score of 120,000. You think about that. But, but watch this. I put all the big rocks in. Everybody say priority determines capacity. See, what happens is, is that if you'll put the most important things in first, then what you have is, is you have spare time in there. And what happens is that when you put it all in in the right order, so it's not about amount, it's about order. Because then it all fits. And if I had two hands, I could get that to snap down, I bet. But let's see. Bam, look at that. All right, give me a hand clap because I did not spill anything. Yeah. So priority determines that there it is. Now it's all nice and tidy. And now you have your life, right? Your life is full and your life is it's actually heavy. Um, your life is full now. You can go do that extra round of golf. I'm not saying golf is bad. Golf is good, I think. Um, but like at some point, the key to your life is not just deletion. That may need to happen. The key to your life is prioritizing. As a matter of fact, there's a great, there's a great story that illustrates this. Cause let's, let's open up your Bible with me real quick here. There's a great story here in Luke chapter 10 that really illustrates this well. Luke chapter 10, there's a story of a dinner party and two women, not unlike my wife, are having issues with cleaning and preparing. And this is how the story goes. So Jesus and his disciples were on their way. They came to a village where a woman named Martha had opened her home to him. Well, she had a sister. Tell where this story's going. She had a sister. Remember that Martha, Martha, Martha. If you don't know what that is, you're too young. Yeah, it's Marsha. I know it's Marsha. But Martha's in the Bible, okay? So, okay, so she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had to. Everybody say had to. Put some air quotes on it. Put some, I had to. Had, urgent, important, good things, had to. She was distracted though. So look at how the author's framing this. He's setting you up. She's distracted by things that she had to do. So she came to Jesus 
I love this because when you really want to get your sibling in trouble, you go tattletale to Jesus. Jesus. Look, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She played the God card, a little bit of guilt trip, shaming, tattletaling. But look at how Jesus responds. Jesus could have responded and said, well, hey, you know what's fair? Mary, it would be fair if you would go and split the work with Martha 50-50. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus actually takes this as a teaching moment. And he says, Martha, the one who's stressed out, Martha, the one in the video who wants to clean the light bulbs, Martha, who wants to vacuum the driveway, Martha, who's tripping. You are worried or stressed, we could say, and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Everybody say few things. This is my guess. And, and, and if the older I get, whenever I ask the question, what's really important, the list keeps getting smaller the older I get. There is some level of like, oh, no, no, no. The older you get, the more perspective you get. And the more you realize that's actually not a big deal. That's not actually important. That's not actually needed. That's actually not the most important thing. And so few things are needed. Or indeed, in this moment, there's just one. And Mary has chosen that which is, everybody say, better. And it will not be taken away from her. So you see this idea going on in the scripture that there is a certain level of busyness. There is a certain level of work and responsibility. And that stuff's all important. But sometimes there are certain moments you need to recognize that few things are needed. Which means sometimes I do need to delete some things from my life. But even more than that, not only do I need to delete, everybody say better. When Jesus uses the word better, what is he implying? That there is a ranking order of priority, and on that list, it's not all the same. Some things are better or more important than others. And so that's what you really need to ask yourself. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What's most important to you, like really? Because if you never ask this question... You will get to the end of your life, to the end of your bucket. You'll have put in a bunch of rocks, small, medium, and large. But if you never ask this question, what is important to you? And then everybody say, like, really? Because sometimes when we ask that question, we start throwing out, no, 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 really? What's actually important to you? Because here's what we do. Here's what life looks like. Todd, you don't understand. Todd, you don't know. Todd, whatever. And you, problem is, is that it'll be a tragedy if we get to the end of our life. Because you know what suffers most when we don't prioritize wisely? Usually it's in the arena of our relationships. Have you ever noticed this, that busyness and intimacy never mix well? Let me say that again. Busyness and intimacy never mix well. Think about your marriage. Think about your relationship with your kids. Think about busyness and intimacy They just never mix well. And so the thing that usually suffers is somehow in the arena of your relationships because we've all heard this before and until we've been in that situation, we've never really grasped it. But when you get to the end of your life, you're not sitting there looking at all the regrets of your 10-10 score. You're not looking at all the regrets of the small rocks. You're not looking at the regrets of all the time that you did not spend on Facebook. Do you know what the average American spends on Facebook right now? The average American spends 608 hours on social media per year. 608 hours. Now, how many of y'all think it's like, let's, let's take an example. How many of y'all think it's important to read? Like reading would be a good thing. Read. No. Okay, good. So let me move on to a different illustration. Okay, let's just take reading, for example, because I did the math on this. Okay, so reading. Let's say, listen, listen, let's say you said, hey, I've got a goal. I want to read 200 books. 
Now, that sounds ambitious. 200 books, Todd. I didn't even read that all through high school and college and my adult. I've never read 200 books, but that's pretty, that's pretty audacious. Do you know how long it takes to read 200 books? It's about 417 hours. You spent 608 on social media this year, apparently. So again, and is social media bad? No, it can be, but for the most part, it's not, it's not a bad thing. We're not talking about good things versus evil things. We're talking about great things versus mediocre things. And we're talking about the big rocks in life versus the little rocks in life. And what I want you to do is, is recognize that, that there is a priority to life. And so write this down if you're taking notes. That the cure to busyness is not to try to be less busy. You become less busy and more productive by determining what's important and then prioritizing around that. That's the key to life. If you want to take the stress of your life or the stress of your Christmas season and just dial it back a little bit, yeah, maybe there's some deletion in there, but for the most part, it's not deletion. It's priority. Because priority determines capacity. Here's three big rocks that I want you to really consider. Because if you're, if you're a Christ follower, I want you to dial into this. This is so huge and so important. I'm going to wrap it up together at the end. Um, if, if you're taking notes, write these down. Three big rocks that you really, really have to consider. Number one is this. Everybody say time with God. If you are a Christ follower, you have got to consider that God is the key component to my life and that if I put God first in my life and that becomes the priority of my life, or, or Jesus put it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, which by the way, the these things, he was referring to stress because right before that he said, don't worry, like don't stress. And he, they were stressing, now you need to listen to this. They were stressing about responsibilities and needs. They weren't even stressing about superficial things. Have you ever considered this? That most of the things that we worry about in the future actually never come to pass? We just decide to stress out about them. They don't actually come to pass. We just like to stress our whole nervous system out thinking about those things. And Jesus said, I know you've got worries. I know you've got stresses. But here's the deal. Everybody say seek. So there's this idea in scripture and when I say put God first in your life, they would have never said that. They would have said the word Seek. As a matter of fact, we just quoted, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Listen to this. Listen to Psalm 63, verse one. It says, you, God, are my God and earnestly I will seek you. You can only earnestly seek one thing at a time. That's it. Here's another one, Psalms 119. I will seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. And so there's this component of seeking God first. And Jesus models this. Like Jesus would like wake up in the morning and disappear. His disciples didn't know where he was until eventually this became a habit. And I think they stopped asking the question, but they were like, where's Jesus at? And they'd find him off by himself praying. And then they would bring to him, this is Mark chapter one, they would bring to him stress. And he would dismiss the stress and say, no, no, I'm going about, I'm going to be about my father's purpose. God has sent me on to here. I'm going to do that. Go read Mark chapter one. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't got time for that. I'm doing God's plan for my life. And I know what his plan for my life is, is because I've been seeking God and I know what his plan for my life is. So there's this huge component of seeking God because here's the principle. And I've, I've seen this play out in so many people's lives. Whatever you seek first orders everything else in your life. Whatever you seek first orders everything else in your life. Cause you remember there's, there's, there's a list. There is a prioritizing, there is a better. And, and then there's, there's great. There's good. There's better, bad. There, there is an order to things, but whatever you put first orders everything else in your life. And so what I'm telling you to do is, is that there needs to be some component of your life that is seeking God. And what I mean by that is time that there needs to be a time carved out 
in the morning or in the evening or in the afternoon or wherever it works with your schedule and however your life flow works, where you take time out to seek God. Maybe that's just a simple way of prayer and meditating on scripture because I think, I think sometimes you guys read scripture and I, I want you to stop reading scripture. I want you to start meditating on scripture. I think there's a difference. This is not reading through something to mark a box and check a box and say, look, I did my duty for the day. There is no duty. There's not, uh, that is not how that works. We're talking about actually communing with your heavenly father. And if you'll seek him first, it'll order everything else in your life. Number two is this. Everybody say rest. There's a huge component of rest. Like you just need to know that your body needs rest. Your body was designed for rest. You know, people have a hard time like understanding even why does the, why does humans even need sleep? There's no real solid answer for why we need sleep, but you you need it. God, God designed you that way. And so as I read one study though, that said that the, the synapses that, that fire between neurons in your mind, that when you're asleep and at rest, they actually shrink. And the reason why they shrink is, is that they believe it's like a filtration system to get out unimportant things so that you can actually focus on what is most important and retain what is most important. But you can only do that when you actually find a sense of rest. And you can see this concept of rest all throughout scripture. This is what, think about the creation story. That literally God on the seventh day, he rested. Not because he was tired. Okay, God doesn't get tired. He rested so that he could model for you. And throughout the rest of the nation of Israel, uh, nation of, of Israel and their history, they were given one day of rest. He goes, I know what it's like. Everybody else works seven days a week. You're going to work six. And on one day, you just need to, to rest. Every seven years, they made the land rest. So they didn't wear out the land. They just recognized that rest is a component to life. And so my big question to you is this is, how's your rest? Are you at peace? Are you able to lay your head on your pillow at night and just rest because if you can't something something might be off there you might be carrying the stresses of this life because what we learned last week is that stress is not your problem it's actually how you see your stress your, your problems are not your problems is how you see your problems and we, we learned last week that the way that you look at your problems is through the lens of christ and the lens of the cross and i put those things in perspective when i look at god's past faithfulness and his future promises then i can begin to see things a little bit more clearly when you do that, you can find some rest. Number three is this, though. Number three is this, and I think we would all put this on our list, is time with those that we love most. You have to. Why? You ever think about this? What's the only thing that makes it to eternity? People. People are the only thing that make it to eternity. Most of the things that you stress about, they're not going to make it into the next world. People do. And when we get to the end of our life, we're not stressed about all the little rocks in life. What we're, what, cause again, what is it that pays the biggest price when we're stressed out? What is it that pays the biggest price when we lack for time? It's our relationships because busyness and intimacy never, they never mingle well. And so when we look at our life and we think what's really important, like really, what is actually important? And what you find is, now if you notice this, I did something kind of quirky. I put number one and number two before this one. And you would say, aren't people important? But like, yeah, but here's the problem with this though. If you put time with people first, Here's what I know about you. When you're with those people, if you haven't spent time with God first, you will not be the Christ-like version of yourself when you're with those people. And sometimes being with those people, even though you love them, is taxing. Do you know why rest goes before time with people? Because if you've ever tried to be around people when you're hangry and tired, 
it makes it more difficult because the problem is this. If you don't spend time with God, you don't have an element of rest. You know what actually goes on when you're spending time with people is that you're there, but you're not present. Think about your life real quick. You ever thought about this? That your mind is constantly consumed sometimes with the things of the past and they're stressing you out. Things that you did like the guilt, something bad mistake, something you did and it's stressing you out. Sometimes you're worried about something in the future, something that probably will never come to pass, but bless God, we might as well dwell on it. And so our mind is consumed. Sometimes our mind is just consumed with the present stresses of life, but probably not dealing with the person right in front of us, probably something outside, something at work, something, something not in the moment. And what happens is, is when our mind is stuck in the past or stuck in the future, or maybe just about somewhere, something else stressing us out, we are not actually present to be with the people that we say that we love the most. And so what I want you to do is I want you to consider what is really important in life. Like, really? That's the big question that you need to ask yourself. What is important in life? Really? And prioritizing those things first. Maybe there's some deletion that needs to take place, but prioritizing is more important. And then saying, before I go and do anything, I'm going to take time and spend some time with God so that I can actually become like Christ. So that I can actually become a kind and generous spirit. Well, I'm going to take some rest. I'm going to take some time so that I am actually able to like be coherent and not have to have five cups of coffee, a Red Bull, and some five-hour energy to make it through this party. I want to be present, so I need some rest. I need to take care of myself. And you know what? This is in the creation order. You ever think about this? This is the creation order. In the beginning, this is Genesis 1-1, by the way. In the beginning, God. What is first? God, because in the beginning, God. And then, then what he does is he starts throwing together creation. By day six, he creates you. But on day seven, meaning the first thing he installs into your life as a human being is what? Rest on day seven. After rest, then he introduces woman, because you are the answer to a problem. You are the solution, ladies, just heads up. Dudes are weird and broken, and you're the solution. So fix us, please. It's just what Genesis says. It's not good for man to be alone. He needs a solution. So then he brings in marriage. And then the first command that he gives them is what? Be fruitful and multiply. Family. So you see this progressive order, don't you? You see the progressive order. It's God first. Then it's rest. Then it's the people that you're closest to and love the most. That is the order of creation even. And what I'm trying to do is get your life in order with God. And so that, that way, if God is first, he orders everything else in your life. And then your life finds harmony and it finds balance and it finds effectiveness and it finds actually this focus to it. As a matter of fact, last, last thing, and I'm going to pray. I was listening. I was, I was, I was looking at something. Um, it was an article. This is so weird. I read dumb things. Bear with me. It's on paper. Standard piece of paper. Does anybody know how big it is? Eight and a half by 11. So smart. Standard piece of paper. Eight and a half by 11. Do you know what the margins are? Margins are usually an inch on the top and an inch and a quarter on the sides. Or maybe one and one. At least one and one. Now, if I gave you one piece of paper and then I gave you one inch margins on what side, do you know what percentage of the paper that would make up? Most of would think probably kind of small. Maybe like, I don't know, 20%, 25%. It's actually 30, I think it's 37%. 30% of the paper is the margin. It's white space. There's nothing in there. It's just room left over. Here's what we learn about life. The greatest moments in your life usually happen in the margins, by the way. 
The reason why they create that margin is because it allows the mind to focus. Now, even a teacher, if you're in school, you know this. Sometimes you're given an assignment to write a paper. And again, you got one-inch margins on every side, and then they ask you to double-space it. So you're talking about 37% is already white. And then once you double-space it, that means 50% of what you wrote is actually gone as well. That means less than half the paper is actually filled with words. And the, the, the reason behind that is because it helps you to focus on what's most important. I'll prove it to you. You ever looked at a piece of paper that's got literally stuff from border to border? words from border to border. It's chaos. It's chaos to the mind and you can't focus. And so what I want you to do in your life is to create some margins. Maybe there are some things on a to-don't list. Maybe there's just margin. You say, you know what? I'm going to separate this time and this time is my time with God. That's the margin. And maybe even when life gets a little bit busy, we say, you know what? I'm going to double space this bad boy because not only do I need margin, but I need focus. What? is actually most important to you. That goes in first. And then everything else will begin to order itself properly. It'll fall into the right places. It'll fall into the right slot. And you'll actually have this sense of, life is in harmony. Life is in balance. God is first. Rest. My family, people I love, friends. Everything now has found its proper order. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? You've got to ask yourself those big questions today. Don't walk out of this place without answering them. What's most important to you? I told you what's most important to me. I even told you what I think the Bible speaks of is the most important thing. But you've got to wrestle with that. What's most important to you? That's what goes in first. It's got to go in first. Priority determines capacity. Priority determines capacity. What's most important to you? Hey, is there anything that needs to be on your to-don't list? Where's the margin? Do you have a quiet moment to rest? Do you have a quiet moment to spend time with God? Do you have some margin that creates focus? So Heavenly Father, we pray. God, help our focus to be on you. Help us to seek you and let you order everything else in our life. Lord, that is our prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap today? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.